Oh, funny story. I don't even know if it's funny. I don't know if it's appropriate either. Just give it a go. All right. So the other day, um, Ahmed and I were like, oh, let's go do something today because Ramadan's coming and we should probably do like one last little adventure thingy before Ramadan comes in, which I feel like as long as we're smart about it, we can still do many adventures during Ramadan. It just can't be like a vigorous hike or anything, right? So anyways, there was this place called Grey Whale Cove that I went to by chance like a few years ago. Um, it's amazing that that was years, like two years ago. Anyways. Um, <laughs> time isn't real. Time is not real. Wow. Um, and so, hmm. yeah, so I went there again once after um, I moved here. And then the other day I was like, you know what? I really want to take proper videos of this place because it's just magical. And I also wanted to share this, the like, you know, the spectacular views with Ahmed and everything. Aww. Anyways, it was just this beautiful, Aww. like you park your car and then you have to like walk on the side of the road for a little bit. It's like a little mini like, um, it's not technically a highway, is it? It's a road that's on the cliffs of, and then you have the ocean right over there right so <clears throat> we take fi- pictures we take videos it was nice it was beautiful and then we both were not wearing proper hiking boots um and there was this really narrow path that's literally like one side is part of the hill or part of the cliff that's going down and the other side is just you look down and it's a straight shot bam look down at the you look down and then you it's a straight shot bam um, into the crashing, into the waves crashing against boulders and the cliffside, right? So it's like, you better have good shoes or else if you slip, you die. <laughs> it's incredible how small nature can make you feel, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, yeah. SubhanAllah, like looking down, um, you could see the waves crash into the rocks. And like, you see the wave crash and it looks like it's going very slow. But then you see the water stays in the air for like a full like three seconds. And you're yeah. like, that hit so hard and went so high <laughs> down there. Like mm-hmm. it totally, it's like slow-mo, but it totally, but messes, you, it, totally yeah. messes with your sense of like size, distance, time, reality. It's so strange. Exactly. Um, so, there's, so there's that like nice little narrow path that goes all the way down to literally, as Ahmed would describe it, the tip of the united states oh wow on west on the west yeah like it's yeah, just basically it's like, like it felt like the furthest most point of north yeah. america <laughs> the um, edge of the, uh, the end of america not like technically but in that cove area it was the 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 outiest tip part technical term technical term um so we look at it and we're like you know what we're not wearing the proper shoes blah 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 i was taking some photographs of that also looking down um from above like there are like these beautiful succulent flowers and then it's like dead drop into another like little mini cove um where the waves are crashing as well and so i needed ahmed to spot me um so that way like she didn't just like so i don't just slide (laughs) down because i was i was laying on the ground half of my body down and half of my body up so um so anyways 
I finished my photos, finished my videos, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, Ahmed, spot me. I'm getting up. I turn around. I'm like, Ahmed. Um, Ahmed's looking looking at the Bitcoin prices. (laughs) And so then I was like, okay, whatever. He probably can't hear me. I got up. I turned around. And I see Ahmed's shoes, socks, jacket. This is a cartoon. On the ground. Did he get get blown out of his clothes? And I was like, and I was just like, oh my god, where did he go? Like, like my first instinct was maybe he fell down the cliff. And then I was like, no. Why would <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> right there? He jumped off the cliff. And I was like, Ahmed. And so I like, turned around and I was like, oh wait, pause. Maybe he decided to go down the cliff, down the narrow path. And I was like, wow, makes sense. Bare feet. Better grip, better balance. Like you're, it's much better than the slippery um, boots he was. Because it was all just like gravel and mm. like and dirt. Yeah, right? it's so it was like... really, really loose um, dirt and really, really loose gravel. Like it just like, it's the edge. Like I like I had already fallen a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> in those shoes. So oh, so I looked down. I was like, maybe he went down there. And true enough, Ahmed was like halfway down to get to the tip of the earth. And I was like, Ahmed. And he was just like, you could hear from a distance, I'm going to the edge. I was like, (laughs) so in my head, I was like, okay, do I wait for him or do I go down? I was like, you know what? Adventure time. Let's go down. Audio levels. Take off my shoes. (laughs) Take off my shoes. And I I put my camera, like I wrap my camera, I kind of like harnessed it, um, like a crossbody. You took your camera with you? That way, like it's. Well, I wanted to record myself going down to the High GoPro five. one hand, and then I'm not gonna leave my <laughs> no, camera. No, no, I'm congratulating behind. you. I'm, I'm, I'm high fiving that moment. Like, yes, if you're going on an um, adventure, you take the camera. And, but like, but like, hold on though. So the camera was on one side, and then the GoPro. I was like trying to take a video on the other side, and I'm like, like GoProing, like you know those 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 thirty second reels of like, oh no, I hope I don't fall. <laughs> And it's like this dangerous narrow path, and then you looked around. And then and she like, fell. <laughs> explosion, right? And so I was like taking the video, walking down, walking down, right? And I was like, just be careful, just be careful, just be careful. And the camera, believe it or not, the small addition of weight to my left side made my balance feel really weird. Mm. So, anyways. Remember how we were saying the dirt was really loose and like gravelly and just like very slippery? Oh, yeah. yeah. We saw it slides. Of course. I trip and I slip and it's all on video. Why um, have like, I not like, seen this video? Because it's in the process. <laughs> I Then I turn it off after I, I slow down and I get to a safer spot. And then I was like, okay, maybe before you do anything, like focus on actually going down and then taking videos and stuff. Whatever. As I slip... And like slid down the side, I bust open my pants. Like I ripped oh, like SpongeBob my. episode of SpongeBob ripped his pants. <laughs> I ripped my pants, clean cut, bam. Those pants can never be worn again, ever. And I just like at that, I was like, wow, I am currently sliding on pure gravel, and it hurts so oh much. It's okay. Keep and I'm going. just like just at the going. edge of, of the world. It's like, like pure euphoria. Like, and I'm looking. sitting here. And that was enough to throw Wissal off to the point where I was like, wow, 
COVID-19 shelter in place, 300 and whatever many days in, in shelter in place, right? I really haven't been working on my balance. <laughs> I've lost my, I have zero trust in my body to keep balance, to go all the way down to the edge of the earth with like, blo- like it's West Coast winds, right? So it's like, like it with the wrong move, and I'm six foot one, for those who don't know how tall we are, I am, what is that called? Giraffe um, human? I'm a giraffe human. That's also but, another um, technical term. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, what is it called? Um, what? Elephantitis? What no. Uh, vertically challenged? Vertically challenged. Oh. <laughs> um, to a certain extent. So, like, if a gust of wind blows hard enough, my sorry self will fly down the side of the mountain. For a shorter person, they're much more aerodynamic. You'll be able to do it perfect. Um, and I didn't know all this thought process was happening. I was just like enjoying the breeze and yeah. the sun and getting it. And I turn around and it's just we saw squat squatted as a ball just at the top of like like two steps from like the the tiny path. I was just having like this profound moment looking ball. at God's creation, and meanwhile in the background it's just this giraffe human falling in like seven stages. Yeah. And she's like curled up, and she's like. I ripped my pants. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> She's like, come back. Oh, and then he was like, can I at least go to the edge first? And I was like, yeah, okay. Priorities. <laughs> Priorities. And I, like, and I kept on trying to go. So I made it halfway down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or like, it was like a little bit more halfway. Made it, made it yeah, I made mm-hmm. it like, I made it past the dangerous parts. But like, man, and I just, and it, it was an eye-opening moment where I was like... It was a pants-opening moment. <laughs> it was indeed a pants-opening <laughs> Um, Where I was just like, wow, I I really need to work on my balance because I want to be able to do adventure stuff more like that, like I used to. Like, I used to not, I zero fear. My friends used to hate me. They'd be like, Saad, stop that, you're crazy. I'm like, yes, I know, I'm going to keep going. You know, and it's just... Now I'm just yeah I'm sad I'm sad that I didn't get to the edge but oh. it's just a funny story don't need to don't need to have a sad part I know end. it does you could just cut it <laughs> kachunk kachunk <laughs> welcome to third culture block a place where we have conversations about everyday experiences that shape the stories in our corner of the human narrative I'm Mohammed Ismail I'm Wasal Jibril. And I'm Ahmed Mustafa. So I guess the reason why I, I I share photos is because I love that interaction with the audience, right? Um, I'm doing it for myself mostly because this is something that I've created that I want to share with the world. But also I feel the world mm-hmm. wants to see this. Um, so there mm-hmm. is that fine balance. But it is, I would say probably, from my perspective anyway, it's probably 90% what how what how i feel about the piece of art and then 10 percent are taking into consideration of how other people would perceive it right and is that because you're like creating content or is that because like that's you're trying to deliver a specific kind of feeling for people or like trying to get people interested in your brand or buying it or you know what thinking about it it's actually as selfish as this may sound it is just how i feel about the piece so whenever i'm taking photos it's like you know what this is a great composition i I love the subject i love the the foreground the background everything about this i'll take a picture 
And then when it comes to sharing, I guess that percentage, it may not be 10% actually, but that percentage of people like this, that's the human side of, ooh, I hope people like this <laughs> rather than, yeah, rather than, oh, you know, people will like this. It's like, oh, I really love this photo. I'm really proud of this and I share it. And it's happened to me so many times of like, I'll share a photo. I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. And the interaction will be like, okay. And then I'll share a photo, which I don't really have much emotional attachment to. And then people are like, oh, Muhammad, this is incredible. I'm like, guys, okay. Okay. I don't understand, mm-hmm. but okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like exploring that whole concept of like, it being selfish to take pictures that you like and to to enjoy a composition like i think thinking about it selfishly thinking about that and saying that it's selfish is kind of i think the core of the the i guess difference between content creator and an artist right like because you're taking this for yourself it feels selfish, but really it's your, I I guess like art is for yourself Mm -hmm. at at its core, you know, like, yeah, you do want to share it and you want to have it out there, but you know, Picasso's not drawing the things that he does for people to enjoy, you know, 70 years later. Otherwise, like he would have started drawing other things. Mm. You know what I mean? Something I have recently learned which was a very validating realization, was um, you are not responsible for how any other human being reacts to the work that you put out. That's not your problem. That's not your, that should not be your intention. That shouldn't, like, that's like, you're doing, or like, these are the kind of like tips on like how to love what you create kind of thing is that, you put it out for you you're not trying you shouldn't be trying to please an audience per se it's more along the lines of like this is my work and your audience will shift accordingly and you'll it'll filter out into the targeted audience that naturally will gravitate to what you put out that's something I've been struggling with myself is that this is my work. I haven't posted like a, many serious things on on my social media and these past like few weeks or so I've I've been trying to be more active because I used to use my um social media as and I still do um a personal like digital journal visual journal um and I used to like post something, set it and forget it and check on like if anybody commented or anything and like make sure I respond so I don't ignore people um and that was pretty much it um and then I feel like we've talked about this before where like COVID happened and I found myself scrolling and consuming more social media than actually like putting out sometimes it's nice to have like a good reaction from others it's like that that human validating feeling Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but then there are other times where it's like nobody not a lot of people like this or oh i could have sworn this would have like you know got a big reaction from it and then i have to take a step back and like 
somebody liked it, liked it. If somebody saw it, they saw it. If somebody didn't see it, they didn't see it. Like, don't think too much about it because in the end of the day, it's just social media. A reminder to all creatives, you should be doing your work for yourself. And you should put your whole heart out into it. And because it's a reflection of you, not a reflection of what others want to see in you. Because if it's a reflection of what others want to see in you, then they should look at themselves in the mirror and do it themselves. Right. And if the I think the, the big takeaway is that, like, if you're making things to be sold, you may have, like, short-term success, but it's not something that'll, like... You would not... It's not sustainable because it doesn't fulfill you. Right. So make what you want to make. Yeah. Make something that makes you happy. So the more... And the they'll m- come. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like... You stay consistent and true to yourself. The right crowd and the right audience and the right collector will come to you. You'll always be known as the artist that just jumps on trends and hypes. You'll never have your own style. Yeah. You'll never be the, oh, yeah, the whistle, you know? Oh, that's a whistle piece. Like, mm-hmm. you'll never have that. It'll always mm-hmm. be, oh, mm-hmm. the next hype is, I don't know, the color purple. <laughs> oh, my God, I did see it. No, purple, I don't know why you purple, did that. I don't know. Purple, I don't know why. Ines, I'm sure you're gonna be listening to this. Um, so I'll remind you. I don't. Purple. I don't. You're out there, Ines. It's the best color, I you know. I actually me. read that on a BuzzFeed article. Was <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the GIF working? No, 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 no. It's one of those old ones. You know, that's how you know it was like fact checked. You know, that was before they invented fake news. That was great. That was great. Uh, but yeah, you don't um, want that. You want your own style. You want to be recognized for your own style, mm-hmm. um, which is why it's really important to create, uh, like you said, we start to create art f- for you, something that you mm-hmm. put your whole heart and soul behind, because that's that's essentially art is is essentially an expression. It's a form of expression. So whatever you are putting out into the world is is you expressing yourself. If all you're doing is jumping on a bandwagon, and I see this sometimes uh, on social media, and this is not to judge, I mean, each to their own, but I do see this sometimes where people take an old clip, use just the audio, and then just mouth the audio, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I do get that, okay, you're remixing it, but what have you added to it? And it's sometimes I- really kind of... It seems kind of desperate because you're trying to be something else. Whereas if you just sat down and wrote your own stuff, perhaps it would have been even funnier than the original. At the same time, you can... it Be it creative is, with remixing it. Though. No, 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 no. I, I feel like, you know, uh, you could say all you want, but like people make a lot of money like following trends and, 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 and copying kind of what's hip and it's maybe not sustainable if your goal is to create things that are representative of you and like you want to do art but like if your goal is to like make money then i think like content creators are very good at that if that makes sense like because you're jumping on trends and i think that one of the hardest parts about being an artist that's fulfilled by making the stuff that they want to make rather than making the stuff that's going to sell is that the stuff that they want to make isn't going to pay the bills right off the bat. It needs to be found, and that's kind of a long con, if that makes sense. It's hard to say, like, are you successful as an artist because you're making 
art that you're proud of? Is it like this romantic idea that you pass away in anonymity and your but your art lives on and becomes this, you know, cultural iconic thing? Or is it I am able to make a living creating like with the medium that I want to? Like what am I sacrificing and going both ways? Like one, it's like this romantic version of I'm sacrificing, you know, the quality of life or like the amount of money I could make by doing the thing that I want to do and not necessarily like sometimes the things that you make are sold and like eventually I think you do have that audience that's found but I think like like we saw got uh and and I got a, a video sent from one of our friends that's like how to make money really easily and it was like first look for top sellers of children's books on Amazon then write a children's book and go to Fiverr and have someone illustrate it for you and then like it you, you make a bunch of children's books they sell because you're doing what's trendy and then you're making like a hundred dollars a month on children's books and it's like ah you're able to sustain yourself and get out of the rat race because now you have a whole collection of children's books mm. but none of them are really your self or truly something that you poured yourself into or a statement that you're making or they feel like content rather than art because you're just making them to be sold i guess essentially there are three camps in this right so on one extreme you have the purists which is to say they do everything they only produce artwork which they relate to which is theirs um which again is uh, is is another debate because every single art piece created today is going to be a remix of something created in the past um so what is truly yours and what does that actually mean so there's there's a lot to say about being a pure 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 purist there's a lot to say about being a purist there's a lot to be so there's a lot to be said about being a purist but then the, the other camp is, on the other extreme is, well, I'll just see whatever's trending and I'll create artwork for that. And it works for so many people. And when I say it works, I mean, people are making a lot of money. They've quit their full-time jobs and they are just content creators yeah, right. on social media. And they will get approached by big companies and they will get sponsored and they will cover their living expenses and they'll cover their travel expenses. Financially, they're successful as content creators. But then you have somewhere in the middle right. where people are like, okay, this is my style. And they are fortunate enough to kind of have that mentality of if they do get a client and they say, hey, listen, we love your style. This is really unique, blah, blah, blah. blah. For us, could you create something which is branded for us? You obviously will have to create, you, you'll use your style, but then obviously it will be branded and customized, I guess, for that individual. So then, essentially, you're creating art for that person. You're not doing it for yourself anymore, right? You're not simply right. creating art, sitting back as it goes to Christie's and it gets sold for millions. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's a sort of... Once you get into the commercial world of having to deal with clients, you realize there is that middle ground that can be achieved between uh, the artist and the client of... I love your style, but can we customize it for our brand?
there's a podcast called Startup, and it's it's hosted by the Gimlet Production, uh, Gimlet Network, and essentially what he talks about in one of the like further episodes to in brief, the podcast was the first podcast about building their podcast network. <laughs> so this guy who's worked in a like uh, high quality, high production value journalism style podcasts just said that there should be like a podcast network for these kinds of podcasts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so the best way to document this process of him trying to leave his day job and start a startup He's about this start. podcast network was to start a podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, it, I mean, it was great listening to it because I, I listened to it as it was coming out. And now it's this like flourishing network and it's got a bunch of different shows like Reply All and a bunch of other stuff. But um, yeah, so uh, in the podcast, he you know manages to get funding. He has like the investment meetings. He finds his business partner, like all of them. Very interesting podcast. But he gets to the point where they're trying to figure out how to deal with branded podcasts, right? Like this, how do you, how, how can they innovate on advertising for podcasts instead of just having like the little commercial break? Like this is a Spotify branded podcast or like a, um, uh, Jim shark. I don't think that's one of them branded podcasts where they try to do like journalism, style um podcasting where they're trying to find all the good and the bad but it's sponsored by a certain like organization and so is it like are we willing to just allow for sponsorships like that that are going to drive kind of the messages that we that we in the journalism that we do because at the end of the day that's what they want to do like journalism style um and i think they found like a good uh medium in creating like categorical topical podcasts that like are funding the journalism but not informing kind of the facts if that makes sense like it's not like cigarette companies funding science research to say cigarettes are good it's totally safe um, i smoke camel yeah, yeah totally safe <laughs> i smoke i camel. actually yeah, i exactly. used to listen to those old-time radio stations uh some guy mm-hmm. created a podcast where he would just he just uploaded this massive archive of old-time, uh, you know, short comedy shows, uh, old-time horror stories, old-time detective stories. And every now and then you would just hear that 99% or 9 out of 10 doctors recommend camel cigarettes. Camel cigarettes. Enjoy the smoke. Something, something like that. And you're just like, Wow. What? Wow. <laughs> what a time to be alive. No, it's it's crazy. I remember actually like it's it's very very common. Like when I was doing research in undergrad, like they During med school? talk about ethics. Um no, that was after my <laughs> semester of <agreement>. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they were like very like one of the you have to take this ethics training saying like, "Hey, you're not going to fabricate facts or whatever." Um, based off your funding but then out of the same breath talk about like how so much research is funded by certain companies right. to get certain like answers yeah, the right? dairy the dairy um, uh, industry and, yeah or, or even um what was it the meat industry there is like the you go into the like diabetes uh homepage, american diabetes association or whatever and they recommend like a high red meat diet or whatever 
and that's not super great for diabetes mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um like but like you know atkins got very popular protein-based diet rather than carbs oh my god the atkins diet are. was just right it was everywhere mm-hmm. when i was just in school that. Yeah, yeah, it was super. It was like it was the paleo of the time for sure. But yeah, no, it's uh, like I remember one of my friends. He was like studying to be a lawyer, like going into law school, and he wanted to do like environmental law, representing those who are trying to do like sustainability stuff. And he said, "I could do this job paid six times more if I did the same thing for like oil mm-hmm. companies or like mm-hmm. coal companies, right? Because you're defending them from losing money and they have so much more money right right exactly. and like they know they're in the wrong but they're making a lot of money right now so milk it for all right they'll you know they'll spend I mean? millions defending themselves because they'll make billions right if as long as this as keeps long going as there, yeah and i think that's something that like i think a lot of artists fear where it's like how do i balance my identity and my style like make something that i'm proud of but also take on clients and commissions and like and and do that kind of work i remember you're talking about like even with the logos where it's like people would just be like hey can you do this 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 and this it's like yes but that's gonna look bad yeah. i'll do it for you here it is and it's like now my name's on that right. you know what i mean no no god no my name is not on that <laughs> it's not part of my portfolio <laughs> it's not it's nowhere it's just it's just I've, I've put that out there and i apologize but this is what the guy wanted but no no one needs to know <laughs> it's one of those right. and i do actually even ha- i have a friend who who they they have a content creating job and mm. and they've told me i i don't want to put my name to this so they don't advertise it anyway they don't say they don't use it in their portfolio it's not part of their cv nothing oh wow it's just like it pays the rent and i just put out the content there because this is what the client wants unfortunately mm. and that's the struggle i mean that's crazy. This whole the the stereotype of the starving artist. I mean, it's like, okay in extreme circumstances, perhaps, but an artist does struggle a lot. Of where's that middle ground? And everybody, I feel it's it's subjective. Everybody will have a different middle ground. Of you know what? I'm only willing to go this far, and the client will meet me somewhere in the middle. And then I know of right. YouTube creators, video creators who had a very distinguished style. Um, and then they got hired based upon that style. And they're like, okay, this, can you do this for us, please? There has been a post on Instagram that has been kind of um, circulating the interwebs. Um, and I've been like, I've seen it multiple times in different artists' accounts, stories reposted on their stories and reposted on their accounts and stuff like that. And. I was wondering what you guys have to say about it because I have a few things that would, I that like you know kind of crossed my mind. It was a post by Jaina Augustine. Jaina, Jaina, I I apologize a million times if I pronounce that incorrectly. She posted she she's um, an illustration artist um, and she posts really awesome, interesting, um, sometimes a lot of times politically charged art. Um, and I think a lot of it is beautiful. Anyways, so one of the um, one of the her recent posts that's been circulating the internet is um, a post about content creation and social media and how some like you know like 
the, 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 the front post says, I can't force creativity for content. And then you go on in and it talks about, like, I will no longer, you know, I will not post on a schedule. I will no longer apologize for time off. My reach, likes, and follows do not define my work. I will create and share on my own terms. Um, and then she posted a tweet by Kai Williams Draws saying, um, art being called content and artists being called content creators has to be one of the worst things to happen in the art space in years. Um, wow. And then okay. the post goes on talking about like one from the nap ministry like you can feel the exhaustion and tiredness and boredom on instagram and so it's just like it's the reality of of mixing content creation and being an artist and you know and, and like people's perspective and how they genuinely feel which is very valid of like however you feel is what you feel right it hit me because part of me is like yeah it, like there was my first instinct was like yeah I can I can see how like a lot of art now is being called content and then the artists are content creators. I think it's only damaging when it's I don't know, it's it I guess it's the intention behind it because I feel like you can use quote unquote content creating to help advertise your work. So your work can be a hundred percent wholesome, you, your style. Um, like we were saying earlier, purist in its own way, mm-hmm. but using social media as a form of direction or as a form of, as a as a tool to help better get your purist art out there, right? So I, I generally think it's the intention, and I and and but it res. So part of me is like, eh to each their own and the other part of me is like I totally get that as well because sometimes you know for some people being able to just flow and and create and then post about it and then that's it um and and making money out of it is great like for some people that's a luxury that they can't afford so it's like you know like so different posts on there like social media has artists effed up because it takes time to create amazing art sometimes it takes a lot of time and the way the algorithms work you can't really take time off and expect continued engagement and and so on and so forth and these are all different like tweets that she she um screenshot and and kind of compiled them all into one post but i guess one thing that people do have to understand is for like full-time artists who are their own content creators to promote and advertise and like you know like part part of the art is creating the content right and then the other part of the art is portraying like what they do as an art right and i just feel like people totally belittle or, or think it's like the easiest job like oh you're just a content creator it's it's easy it's not like when you're like an artist who's a content creator you're trying to be your own creator so you're um you're doing press you're doing marketing you're your own administrator your own technician your own like manager your own like you're the artist your art handler you're your social media manager you're your web designer you're your like archivist your 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 own photographer 
you're your own like you do the you run your business you run the papers you do your taxes like it is all down boils down to one person so my middle ground would be i have my style that people like which is why they approached me in the first place i then have to sort of cater that for a the brand but then also b the audience the 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 users of the platform because the people using instagram are very different to the people using twitter so it doesn't make sense for me mm-hmm. to create content which i find to be amazing but then i also at the same time i know instagram wouldn't gel with it, it's kind of foolish you know because then it's not going to be successful so why would i do that mm-hmm. so then again it 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 keeps going back to that middle ground of okay how far can i take my style and where do i have to start catering for both the client and the platform for me i kind of want to be able to do just pure trend chasing in order to like fund being able to do other things so like one one thing that comes up a lot for like i was looking at you know common practices for patreon uh, just for like the writing right so when you're writing you you can't really jump too often on trends because like oh i'm just gonna write harry potter it's like everyone's already read harry potter or like if you do just write harry potter it needs to be different enough that you don't get in trouble right. <laughs> um and different enough that it's not just a knockoff but also you know giving the same vibe right so in that sense it's it's difficult to to kind of be because you can write something that's trendy i guess right like the exhibit a is like that five-year span where the hunger games divergent and all these other like female protagonists and dystopian world fights the system that's built to just categorize people um you know that whole kind of genre of trendy kind of literature you can jump on that but it's difficult the it's difficult to completely copy that and moreover it's difficult to do something that takes so long to make and then not have it be representative of you or your style so one of the things i was thinking is that uh, for the patreon is trying to do smaller things that are more trendy while i'm working on bigger things that i care about but one of the big warnings that they had was if you take a lot of time trying to incentivize the community or create things that people like first of all they can read you that you're disingenuous in your writing but second of all you're going to be wasting all of this time um like write a letter to each of your followers or whatever or like write a blog blog post or whatever you're going to do like you're going to be wasting all of this time trying to quench and assuage like these people um with these incentives that you're not really going to be you're you're definitely it's definitely not going to scale one and two it's, you're never really going to get to a place where you're deeply working on your own thing um and i think it's total like for me i really enjoy writing trendy things because it's like okay here's something that's trendy you have like a framework and you can just write your own version of that right um, one of the actual exercises from my writing class was take a fairy tale that exists um, and um, rewrite mm-hmm. it 
in a way that is like in your style or like in a different style or questions key components of this uh of the fairy tale right so i I wrote this uh i basically took hansel and gretel um and i wrote it as if like you know there's been witches disappearing in the neighborhood (laughs) and like no one can really explain why and it's this horror horror short story i don't know why it turned into a horror short story but the long and short of it is that the main character is hearing about these disappearances and starts investigating it and one night comes across like the demon children that are hansel and gretel and like consume the main character entirely and it's just like i have this like graphic scene of like one of the children's maw just like opens up into a giant oven as if like you know from the original fairy tale and like like the the witch is like sucked in and it's just like oh my god what the retelling of this of this like story but in a completely different style right and it, it was really fun to write and it's it's really interesting to do but it's not something that's like the same as taking the same genre and the same kind of like backdrop and then insert uh protagonist mm. here if that mm-hmm. makes sense which is exciting right because you feel part of the zeitgeist of whatever's right. trending mm-hmm. you're just taking that and you're remixing it and you're putting that out to the world so you're essentially saying to the world hey guys here's my take right mm. yeah and and it can be just completely like nope <laughs> missed it right but you're still you're still taking taking on it at least which which is more of a remix rather than like a than like a, a rewrite. If yeah, you're sense. part of the conversation you know? though, but... which is amazing, which is mm-hmm. possibly the most amazing thing about the internet of where you can have artistic conversations with people all around the world who will have their own cultural takes on things, um, which is incredibly exciting for any artist or for any human being. So, you know the thing with like with with being creative people, right? Yeah. I feel the difference with being creative and not being creative is like knowing the time and not knowing the time. Mm. On like on a deep mm-hmm. philosophical yeah. level, right? Um but I'll 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 be the first one to admit that from time to time <laughs> from t- from time to time, no, keep going. You have from, to finish from that time thought. <laughs> from time to time, I do struggle to know what time it is. Could you guys help me? You know, it's funny because I had I just picked up my my phone to to check the time and and yeah, I could totally tell you what time it is. Yeah, oh, it's like ten ten, right? Ten ten. Okay, 10-10. cool, cool, cool. No, that's it. That's I, all I need. That's all I need. 10-10. That's all I need. No, that's it. That's fine. All right, we can move it's on. It's <laughs> I got card one. All right, read here, we saw. It's... All right, card two, here we go. Question time! Nailed it first time. Okay, card three. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Question mark? Today's question is, why not just make what people want to buy? I feel like we touched on that a little in the episode, but it's one thing to be commissioned and to make something per someone's specifications. And it's another thing to just like make quote unquote what people want to buy. Right. 
Um, any class that I've taken around writing or person I've asked about it is like, if you're not authentic and vulnerable in what you're writing, then it's just going to feel, you know, empty. And so if you're right, it, it, it's funny, the best way to make money off your writing is to not try and make money off your writing. It's kind of like falling asleep. Best way to fall asleep is not trying to fall asleep. So I don't know. I, for, I, I think that's, that's kind of like the common wisdom I've heard. Like, I know there's the saying that everything popular is wrong, but like <laughs> listening to masters. Who and said that? To, like, Who said that? No, no, and how bitter was this like individual? <laughs> it's a thing. I don't know. I heard it from I heard it from oh Tim Ferriss. Um, but but I think that's a normal saying, right? I don't know. Um, but. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, it, like, Neil was it the Grinch? Everything or... popular is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but are they wrong? Wait, hold on, hold on. Everything, is po- everything popular is wrong is a famous saying from, uh, from Oscar Wilde. Uh, from Oscar Wilde. There you go. So it must There you so go. It, it must be the... true because he's old, dead, and famous. So no, I was going to say, so it was the Grinch. Checkmate. Okay. Mohammed. <laughs> It's uh it's from the picture of Dorian Gray apparently. Mm-hmm. But also <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with it. <laughs> it's just like a really pessimistic view saying. of of humanity. If it's popular it's incorrect. Well, yeah, I mean I, I think it's just like I think the saying is basically saying like I I think the maxim is saying like if everyone's doing it it's probably either overdone or ill-advised. Kind of like, uh, oh, if everyone's jumping off a bridge, would you? It's like, I mean, it depends on where the bridge is. Also, is, is there water beneath it? Am I a lemming? And there's so many factors in this. And then, is it also like... <laughs> Am I a lemming? Will there be bungee jumping? Because if so, yes, I will be jumping. Listen, okay, I can't make... I literally I literally am I'm having like like a moment of guilt because i i had an interview a while back and this is exactly what i did to the interviewer they're like so you're approached with the situation how would you solve it with using x code and i was like well is this happening is it a tuesday do i have access to this and he's like i'm changing my question forever because of you i was like well but to be fair to be fair that is the best way to answer a lot of questions it depends because it really does depend so I think I think it just I think it depends on what one means by just to make things people want to buy like Ahmed was saying strictly commissions so you're just there and I think either way it will take away from for me at least I will be emptying my creative well even faster I wouldn't be doing anything that's like fully fulfilling because it's not something that I created for myself. And that's especially when it comes to commission works and all you, if all I did was just commission works where it's like, Hey, I need you to make this for me. Okay. Thanks. Bye. I was extremely burnt out from that when I was working at the studio mm. and I, ha- I hated I have beautiful calligraphy handwriting I hated calligraphy handwriting because all people wanted all day every day was a child's <laughs> handprint 
and I creatively made their handprint into a freaking monkey, monkey or a duck. Insert whatever animal. I reindeer. I have painted way too many reindeer in my life for no reason. Out of hands. Right? I now um, hate Rudolph. And it just <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> I don't think I will be opening commissions for a really long time because they burn they burn you out and they they just it wrings out all of my creative juices into something that I could care less about. Thank you so much for listening in. We look forward to hearing more from you on our Twitter and Instagram pages, both Third Culture Block with a three. This is Mohammed Ismail. We saw Jibreel. And Ahun Mustafa. <laughs>